This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Andrew. Hi, Andrew. It's Craig. Let me paint you a picture, Craig. Please do. You're watching your favorite movie or TV show, and with each stunning shot or brilliant edit, you're likely asking yourself, how do they do it? Do it. And then what do you ask yourself after that? How do I do it? Well, look at you. That's why I love American Masters Creative Spark, the award-winning podcast from PBS that illuminates the creative journeys of icons across disciplines from music to comedy to poetry to film. Uh, each episode, host Joe Skinner sits down with luminaries like legendary writer-director John Waters, Oscar-winning songwriter Buffy St. Marie, and Pulitzer-winning The Candy House novelist Jennifer Egan, whose novel The Candy House we just read last week. I read <laughs> hey. that book. American Masters Creative Spark's latest episode features Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who has appeared in films like The Matrix Resurrections, Candyman, Us, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Watchmen! And also Watchmen. Whether yeah. you want to learn more about an old classic, discover a new favorite, or find inspiration for your own creative journey, this is a podcast for you. Follow American Masters Creative Spark on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts and tell them we sent you. podcast about the books you've been meaning to read my name is craig my name is andrew last week read about candy house this week upgrade a whole factory of candy a whole we yeah we're moving on up <laughs> mm-hmm. we we're moving up the tech tree from house like to, to factory think of this is a spiritual sequel to the candy house you know I could because see you it. start you start with a candy house and then you graduate to it and what about i do they make candy houses in this factory they have a candy boat so probably they have candy houses they, that they make he makes like candy wallpaper right to yeah. put in your house mm-hmm. so and what is a factory but a house that you work in all the time yeah what is a factory but a house with uh profit margins i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of the oompa loompa's house we're talking about charlie and the chocolate factory by rolled doll this was our patrons, Rolled gold. Yes, it was our patron's choice uh, book for the month of April. More info on how to vote in those polls. Patreon.com slash overdue pod. Andrew, we're going to talk about it in a sec, but you you decided that this uh, month we would be a little uh, ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the headlines from like a month or two ago? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it works. <laughs> Some headlines. <laughs> Some headlines that are like lining your birdcage right now. You you may or may not recall, dear listener, that a couple of months ago uh, there was a kerfuffle yeah. about some uh, edits that were being made uh, to new editions of Dahl's books by his UK publisher. I don't think the US publisher like ever committed to Specific- using these, especially yes. after the, yes. everybody had a big, good old-fashioned internet blow-up about it. Puffin Books, a division of Penguin Random House in the UK. It's uh, not, a, not a library where you smoke weed. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they decided... Um, to make some revisions to uh, Doll's work. They partnered with this organization. Oh, what is it? It's in my notes. Inclusive Minds. Inclusive Minds, yes. Mm -hmm. Hired some sensitivity readers to go through these books. 
uh, and made a bunch of changes. The one, the quote from Penguin Random House that I saw um, is that, uh, you know, the, the, oh, the books that they wound up releasing, um, which are the, like, Coke classic of rolled doll books, um, is that the newly released puff and rolled doll books for young readers um, will sit alongside them, and those are designed for children who may be navigating written content independently for the first time. So um, they made a bunch of changes to how different things were talked about. It's similar to what we covered in the... Um, in some of our Goosebumps episodes where, it, like, yeah, some fatphobic similar, stuff I, was taken out and some I, other I, stuff, though. I think the scalpel was a little... I think the cuts were deeper in the doll it's, books, it given, looks given like, like the examples, like, from across the entire uh, library. Some of, the, some of the ones that seem the most strange to me is just, like, sometimes a thing is white or it's black, and they have cut out the words white and black, regardless of whether it's a description of, like, an object that has a color or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's yeah, like it's it is all I think fundamentally well intentioned, but like so the, the goosebumps stuff that we that we talked about and there was yeah. somebody tried to create a similar controversy around this uh Which this is goosebumps ref- thing. Yeah, it's referenced in the Wikipedia article about the roll doll controversy. Yeah, so that's fun. By uh by yeah, there was a there's a reporter who contacted us after seeing on Reddit that we read the Goosebumps books and talked about it. Hey. Don't um, talk to them. Asked us to for, you know, to to help him do research and then uh, didn't <laughs> didn't credit us for any of the Which research. Is, that I'm we fine did. with actually, and and also like took you know completely misrepresented any uh, any point that we had ever made about yeah. why the change. Anyway, I'm not mad about it, and don't put it in the newspaper that I got mad <laughs> that some knob working for some British newspaper had us do his research for yeah. us for free to make a point that we don't agree with. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, uh, those were those were a lot of those were like removing specific references to like the <laughs> the uh, like 32 bit game system, just like the some of the 90s stuff from those books was taken out. Um, yeah. And the Say Cheese and Die again book yep. that we read, uh, there was a bunch of uh, language about one character gets fat as a yep. as a plot point in that book. There's a lot of uh, changes around that. I'm wondering though if some of the like there's some one of the reasons why the doll changes are more extensive is because Roll Doll hates fat people with an intensity that I frankly could only hope to access. Yeah. <laughs> with my human brain. It's really <laughs> like so we I, I don't know what version you read. I don't, I don't think either of us read any of the uh, if they were released the new versions. No, no, no. I'm um, I'm I'm the version I read might have changes in it and there were some changes that were made to back the book in during his lifetime that we yeah. yeah. Um even into the late 60s like uh there were some descriptions of the Oopa Loopas in the original 1964 text that were uh pretty racist. Yeah, very little sambo that. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Um, um, but yeah, these are, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more to change maybe than in Goosebumps. Um, well, cause there's no Goosebumps book about how all fat people are inherently evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's no chapter in any Goosebumps book that we read called the family begins to starve. <laughs> <laughs> this book got dark a little bit. <laughs> 
I feel like my thoughts about it are all over the place, but yeah, this is going to kind of be a, a bumpy up, I think, in a good way for us um, because we both read the book. I had never read the book before. Andrew, you had as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. I read a bunch of doll stuff as a yes. kid, like this Matilda, uh, James and the Giant Peach. I did not not all of it, but a bunch of the. I went ones. back and listened to the intro of our uh, James and the Giant Peach episode three eighty five with JGP. Natasha with Natasha from Unspoiled. It's a good mm-hmm. app. Go listen to it. Um, They're all good apps. She referred to him as a children's Stephen King, which was a fun conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talked about all of his weird, horny adult books that he that he wrote. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you were just like popping off all the books of his that you had read, and I have, don't know that I had read any. Um, and I don't. I've seen that. I've seen the classic film, probably the Gene, the Gene Wilder one as a kid, probably. Yeah, it was like there were a lot of those movies that came out like the 50s, 60s, 70s that seeped into our generation because they were like our parents movies. Like, well, they were our parents movies, but they were also just on TV all the time. Sure. I I, I can't I can't explain any millennial liking the movie The Christmas Story for any other reason (laughs) than because it was on the TBS Superstation all the time or whatever. Um, Well, and I just like I don't know. It was not a movie I grew up with. And it wasn't a story that I had growing up. I mostly know about it through like cultural osmosis, like mm-hmm. references and parodies in other media. And of course, when I, you know, I had to go to the movies and see the Tim Burton version. You had to. Because I, mean, I was a cultural event. at the time. It was a cultural uh, event. Johnny I remember, Depp. N- I remember nothing about it. You know, there's really nothing else to say about Johnny Depp other than he was in that movie. And, and he's just like an upstanding, yep, oh, yep, gentleman. Yep, um, that movie sucks. Uh, that movie's bad. It's the the really the Tim Burton one. Yeah, I he's, just I remember being even in 2005. I was like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, it's, <laughs> his performance happening? is completely baffling. I was watching clips of the Wilder, and like, it is baffling in a good way. In the mm-hmm. way closer to the the really whatever is going on with Wonka in this book, yeah. Because um, I don't know what they did in the Burton version, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to be kind of all over the place this episode. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we have anything like we're not going to go through point by point and and talk about any of the sensitive sensitivity changes. I think it is it is too bad that the controversy became what it was because I don't I don't think it's like a fundamentally bad or like not worthwhile thing to do to a to a book that you're trying to like pass on to future generations but I'll, like I I keep coming back to the fat thing because it's like Roald Dahl also yep. uh has a history of uh being racist and anti-semitic and like they they were you know uh, life's a rich tapestry and each of us contains good and evil and His- some of yeah, his Roald family. Dahl, Dahl did some bad stuff, and his family like apologized for which, some of it later, <laughs> which they had not done when we recorded the James and the Giant Peach episode. So when we okay. did that, I was like, "Oh yeah, he said some bad stuff, and you can go look it up. It's not great. It's bad." Mm-hmm. Uh, but his family had not issued a public apology yet, uh, which they did in 2020. Yeah. So you know, but I, I keep coming back to the fat stuff because for 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 us, like for our generation as yeah. kids, yeah, I think there was a broad yep. cultural oh, yeah. consensus that being like racist was bad but yep. 
hating fat people was still cool and yeah. like kind and is certainly less stigmatized than uh hating people who are different races <laughs> like it's yeah. still there's still a lot of there's a lot of weird morality stuff wrapped up in it. And it just is, it is super grating to see not only is every fat character evil, but every evil character also happens to be fat or have like a fat like wrist or face or something about <laughs> yeah, them. That's it's just like, yeah, it all, it always comes back to that in a way that would be funny if it wasn't so damaging. <laughs> really? Truly. Yes. And, and in a book that I think what is Interest most interesting about this book to me is that it it doesn't really have like uh like a good evil conflict in a in a way that you might be used to in children's fiction. And not that I don't I don't know well some of Roald Dahl stuff does do that. The but evil like, I mean the, the, the antagonist is, is just kids. Yeah, the antagonists are kids today. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you're right. It is. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas, because I, I think in the movie, in the in the Wilder movie, they like created a Slugworth spy character. Yeah, who's I mean, like there, trying to steal secrets. But it's but it's a false flag because <laughs> that ends up being part of the test that Charlie needs to pass. Oh, to, to get okay. Yes. Factory. Yeah. So yeah, in this in this book, it is referenced that Willy Wonka has his chocolate factory. He is so great at making candy that all the other chocolate candy makers want to come and spy on it and steal its secrets and use them to make their own wondrous, fantabulous candies. Yeah. And this is this is based on a real rivalry between Cadbury, who makes the eggs, and Round Roundtree. Roundtree. I've never heard of. Nope. So, it's like, British. Who not, knows? They must not make anything as good as. <laughs> Those nasty eggs. Um, my second favorite chocolate egg shaped thing after Reese's peanut butter eggs. Oh sure, is the I, Cadbury ones. Would it even though they're just you, I haven't eaten one in years because I think it would make my tummy implode in on itself. It's, it's just a sugary cream in there, right? Yeah, just like sugar goop that looks kind of like egg. I mean, it wouldn't surprise you that I've never had one. No, because you're uh, you you. I mean, there's chocolate on the outside, uh, and they also it, make like caramel ones. I I don't think I had a Reese's cup until after college. Like mm-hmm. I was very. I'm. You're gonna put something in the chocolate other than part of a junior mint. Careful, or like a uh, nut that was cut in half. <laughs> Took me a long a time machine. to realize I liked nuts. Also, so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but that's so like. There's part of this book that is just like. I'm not into all this candy. I don't need it. Why do these kids I want mean, it so bad? I mean, there's nothing about, there's nothing about, I've been a homeowner for a while. I know that walls in a house get pretty grubby. There is absolutely nothing that makes me want to put, I mean, one, I have to like hang wallpaper, which is miserable. Yeah. And two, it smells and tastes all the time. Yeah. And yeah. who knows how that's going to wear. Awful. I mean, I guess all the little... You would walk into that room after 10 years and you'd be able to tell which fruits like smell and tasted the best because they'd be getting, there'd just be little worn out spots all over the wallpaper from, <laughs> from people I, <laughs> putting I was their tongues in, on it. I don't know which sect it was. I was in an Orthodox church for a friend's wedding years ago and they have a lot of um, like paintings of saints on the walls in the Dang church. Um, of what? Of Willy Wonka. Wonka. Yeah. 
Um, and you can t- you can see in the paint where people have like you know like rubbed a face or done some sort of like gesture of reverence mm-hmm. so much that like some saints are clearly more popular than others. <laughs> like it's very interesting. Um, I mean, that did give me thinking about candy stained glass though. Hey, delicious stained, gla- stained glass, but it's Jolly Ranchers. Ooh. What would be depicted in your stained glass windows? It does. It's not. It's not important. It would just be. <laughs> you just, just chop ranchers. It. Yeah. Um, Who's the guy who invented sugar? Maybe it'd be that guy. Oh yeah, like passing out sugar to everybody. That's, yeah, Thomas yeah. Thomas Sugarman. Look it up. That's who it was. Thomas um, Sugarman the fourth. Apparently, the school, the public school that Dahl went to, Repton, was not far from Cadbury uh-huh. or something like that. He lived yeah, near and they there. Would, they would get. They would get candy samples. They yeah, would get candy boxes. I was like, make your boys eat all these candies and tell us what you think. <laughs> that is, Repton is also apparently a place that one of his biographers has said was like just rampant with abuse by older students to younger students and like really indifferent school teachers at best. I believe the character of the Trunchbull from. Matilda comes from that school oh, experience. Sure. Not yeah. surprising. Yeah. Like a principal who will lock you in a t- coffin with spikes in it because you it's like disrupted class. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's there's not much else in his like bio that I think directly impacts this book other than yeah. that. That upbringing, yeah, loves chocolate, hates fat people. That's Roald Dahl. Uh, this this book was published in 1964, like I mentioned. It's been revised a few times. I'm not sure which. I don't know if you can look at like I the have, front matter of the book and see if it says I read what, like edition that we're reading. But. I read an edition that was uh, that has a copyright of 1998. Okay. Um, my uh, illustrations are by a guy named, I believe, uh, Quentin Blake. Okay. Um, so I believe this is based off the 98. I read a digital edition based off the 98 uh, paperback version, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's so Dahl died in 1990. Sure. So yeah. he, that, that would have been posthumous, but probably not like substantially changed from nope. any changes he would have made during his life. Nope. Um, and so, yeah, and then the, the, the other book to talk about in the series, it is a series, there's a sequel, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. I don't know anything about that which book. Which came out in 1972. I have vaguely fond memories of it because the last time I read it, I was like eight. Okay. But I don't, I suspect based on Goodreads reviews and just like <laughs> remembering what I remember about the, the book, it's probably not a must read. I don't think it's... I don't think it's super important. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Still, I also don't know at the end of this story that I need more of it. The biggest single set piece in Charlie and a Great Glass Elevator is they come back. I mean, they fly around in space for a while and have wow. just a bunch of weird space adventures with like everybody, including all the grandparents in the bed in oh the elevator. God. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then they go back to the chocolate factory. Yeah. Um, and they want to get all the other grandparents out of bed. And so Wonka has like this minus spray that he could spray on you to make you young. (laughs) But then one of the grandparents gets sprayed too much and becomes negative 
Oh, like disappears and no. goes into like the minus zone, oh and then you need to go down to the minus zone in the elevator to like age her back up. But then they do it too much, and she's like three hundred years old, and then they need to age her back down to where. <sighs> that she sounds was in the stressful. First place. Yeah, it's it's a weird sequence. Did you see the thing about how apparently there was an earlier draft of this book? Mm-hmm. Um, so Dahl was married more than once. Second wife, uh, Felicity Dahl's uh, Felicity Dahl in 2017, um, told the BBC that there was an earlier draft where Charlie was black, and huh. the book was called Charlie's Chocolate Boy. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and Dahl's literary agent persuaded Dahl to make the boy white for I don't know why. That's all. That's this is from an, a New York Times article that I read called "The Real Story Behind Roald Dahl's Black Charlie." Uh huh. And Charlie apparently in that story um, gets trapped. There's more kids. There's a lot of drafts of this book that have been found that have like other kids, other tests, like other bad crap happening to these kids in this murder factory. Uh huh. It's um, not a murder factory. Well, it's a chocolate factory. <laughs> With insufficient safety regulations. <laughs> Charlie gets trapped inside of a chocolate mold machine that is like anything it sees, it can make a mold of it. So he gets trapped inside a chocolate mold. And then he gets taken to Willy Wonka's house and he witnesses a burglary in progress. And then Wonka, to reward him, gives him his own store. Now, also in the story, Wonka had a kid and a wife and the chocolate boy was in the kid's Easter basket. But... The literary agent was like, please don't do that. That sounds bad. Uh, and and Dahl was like, okay, I hear you. I will back I will back off and do child torture instead. And I'll add the Oompa Loompas. I don't know. And the Oompa- I will add the, this colonized race that yes. Willy Wonka has has displaced. There's um Marie, Marie Russo wrote this article, speaks with Catherine Kaiser of University of South Carolina, who gives a very generous reading of Charlie, this little black boy getting trapped in a like a stereotype of a chocolate mold or something. Uh, but then Roald Dahl uh, created the Oompa Loompas instead, and those were uh, bad. So... You know, but then he changed them to be le- less. Then, yeah, and arguably the, well, less bad. The the revision where they are not um, as racist, and it's just slavery. It's uh-huh. just enslavement of people. Yeah, but, it but isn't not specifically specifically black people. Yes. Yeah, black people. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's be- better. So this <laughs> book is about the thing. What, here's what this book is about. Yeah, if tell never, me. If you've never read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie lives in desperate, oh, miserable yeah. poverty. Fairy a, tale poverty. In a, in a house with his mom and his dad and his four grandparents. Yeah. His dad, who appears to be just a regular guy who could possibly could get a better job than this if he really wanted to. Well, screws on toothpaste caps at the yeah. toothpaste factory. Yes. And by doing that, he earns just barely enough to keep the family from starving. They eat basically nothing but cabbage, cabbage and potatoes or something. Yeah. And on his birth now in the movie, uh, his dad's dead. Um, just, 
uh, toothpaste factory accident. <laughs> Don't his um, breath. His breath was so minty. We didn't. We didn't recognize him. Um, but yes, and once a year for his birthday, they buy Charlie a Wonka bar uh-huh. or some sort of Wonka candy bar. That and he, he then eats like it over the course of a month. It's disgusting. It's so <laughs> so gross. I mean, I don't know if you can. D- be the arbiter of what is what is or is not gross candy wise. I know if you keep a chocolate bar for too long, it gets all like dried out and weird and like white yeah. looking. But that doesn't happen in a month. I doesn't it? Once been, it's been opened? No, I don't no, probably not if you keep it like mostly like wrapped in the foil or whatever. Maybe. So I think these are all foil wrapped. It's they not are like all a Hershey, foil. Hershey they bar are, with they the are plastic. All foil wrapped. Wrap. You're right. They don't just, yeah. you know, it can sit on a shelf for more than a few days, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it it just sounds gross. He's nibbling it like once a day, and then he puts mm-hmm. it. <sighs> Charlie's uh, miserable poverty is made worse by the fact that he lives in a town that has the big, biggest, greatest chocolate factory in the world in it. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandpa Joe and the other grandparents tell... Charlie a bunch of tales out of school about Willy Wonka and how great this guy is and how he he made these amazing candies, including some that frankly sound pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> like the uh, the like the jawbreaker gobstopper thing that never gets smaller ever. Mm hmm. But uh, there was a candy arms race happening. There's a candy arms race. So there were there's candy subterfuge happening. Yeah. And uh, Slugworth and somebody else, yep. some other. One thing Dahl does do pretty well is names, I think. Oh, yeah. He names characters in a way that immediately makes you feel the way you're supposed to feel about the characters. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, how am I supposed to feel about, like, Veruca Salt? Uh-huh. Like, not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> uh, and Willy Wonk was like, I can't have these candy spies here in my candy factory. All the human workers, you are, you're fired. Go home. Yeah. Bet you wish you'd unionized. He shuts idiots. it down. Yeah, he shuts it down. And it's dormant for a while. And then one day it starts back up. But nobody ever goes out. Nobody he, ever comes in. He, that must be what now. Nobody talks about this. But I got to think that that must be what is leading to the incredible like impoverished conditions in this community. That where the Willy Wonka's factory shut down and took all the jobs away. Well, and then and then like there were fewer jobs to compete for. Yeah, because of the immigrants. No, well, no, not. Oh no, oh no. Huh. I know. I see what you're saying. I just feel like I see it, the point that you're making. I just feel like maybe he could have had a maybe Charlie's dad would have had a job at the Wonka factory if Wonka hadn't shut it down due to corporate maybe, espionage. Maybe uh, I feel that maybe Willy Wonka's great golden ticket experiment, which is the the next big plot point yep. in the book, is nobody comes out, nobody goes in, nobody's seen the factory, nobody's seen Wonka in years. Ah. But Willy Wonka, like the day after they're just talking about this, coincidentally <laughs> launches this golden ticket prize campaign where five lucky children all across who, the world, all across the world, but mostly uh, white kids, yeah, mostly, but mostly all across the world, but, only white but concentrated exclusively in the white countries Yep, uh-huh. uh, can get golden tickets 
and they all get to come into Willy Wonka's factory, get the tour, and then leave with like truckloads of candy that will last them the rest of their days. I love that the newspaper article that is in this book is like Willy Wonka, candy genius whom no one has seen for 10 years, emerges with beautiful capitalist genius plot. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just love that there is a character that the world knows, Candy Genius, and he's been Willy, gone. Willy and now Wonka, he's Candy back. Genius, yeah. Now he's mm-hmm. back. Where'd he go? I've got to think that he's launching this contest as sort of a way to deter regulatory pressure. Oh, <laughs> interesting. The government has got to be like. What's this going guy, on in there? <laughs> yeah, this factory is like this guy yeah, kind of runs the this guy runs it. it runs he runs the candy market, but we are are in, like they won't let the UN inspectors in. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to know what's going on in there. <laughs> Cuz I do like what I think it's Grandpa Joe. Is Grandpa Joe the one we spend the most time with? Grandpa Joe decides after laying in bed and just consuming resources endlessly, uh-huh. which I'm sure, which I'm sure Mr. Bucket is completely fine with. <laughs> yes, doesn't, doesn't sure. resent even a little bit. Decides one day he can just get out of bed, and so he's the one that we spend all the rest of the book. I with. just like he's supposed to be like 96. He's very spry for 96. Good for him. I mean, I mean, on a very uh, low nutrient be, diet, he could be an American president. But, you <laughs> well. Know? A senator, maybe. Um, a spry 96-year-old. And he is, I think he says to Charlie, like, this is a great plan. What a genius move by Willy Wonka. He's going to get everybody in- interested in all these candy bars. They're mm-hmm. just going to be buying candy bars left and right. What a genius. Mm-hmm. No one Candy quite- genius. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is, you know, this is how it works. This is marketing 101. Mm-hmm. Um, My other favorite thing about the book is, so in the movie... Uh, you see on the TV, like the buckets have a small TV and that's where you see the story. So uh, four other kids win the golden tickets yeah. and you see their, st- you hear about their stories and you get an impression of them. All these kids are terrible. All the adults talk about how terrible all the kids are. Like the point of the kids is that kids today are spoiled, rotten, and they're bad and they deserve everything that they have coming to them. August- <laughs> Let's just run through them real quick. Augustus okay, Gloop. It. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's his what to pray tell what's his character trait well in the old version of the book the one that we read he is described as enormously fat mm-hmm. in the puffin books revision he is just enormous which but could mean a lot of things he's just i a like big, to i like to choose the i like to think that it means that he's eight feet tall he's a big boy who likes to eat mm-hmm. um that's his character trait yeah, and, uh, and and because of that, he deserves to he deserves to he die deserves in the chocolate factory. <laughs> there is Veruca Salt, who is a greedy rich kid. She's very spoiled. Yeah, spoiled. Um, she sees a thing and she wants it, and her daddy should buy it for her. Mm-hmm. Her daddy owns a, a, his own factory of it's some like kind. A, it's like a nut shelling factory. <laughs> yes, it becomes important later. Uh-huh. Um, there is Violet Beauregard, who loves. Gum. She loves gum. Is it just that that's she's too worst. gross? No, she. I mean, she is gross, but it's mostly that she loves gum. Okay. And uh, <laughs> man, everybody's favorite character, uh, Mike TV from the old USA. <laughs> and so, what's Mike? What's Mike TV's deal? Loves- his, his deal is that he's festooned with firearms, <laughs> and also he likes TV. He loves gangster flicks, 
and he loves to sit in front of the TV wearing all of his guns watching <laughs> just, gangster movies. Just, listen, there's two things about this kid that he wears 20 guns on his person at all times and also that he watches a lot of TV and the worst thing about him is the TV. I know. His, his, his name's not Mike Mike uh, Glock or <laughs> <laughs> His name's not Mike Remington. He's just He's unbelievable. He's like firing the guns when people are coming to his house to talk to him. I'm sure they're blanks. You don't. He, at one point, he says, "Can't you fools see I'm watching television?" Mm-hmm. He is. I don't care for Mike TV. You don't but, care for Mike TV and his many guns. I mean, I'm not meant to care for any of these kids except Charlie Bucket, whose so family I mean, is just so just, impoverished. All right. So Craig hates the Second Amendment. Oh hates boy. immigrants. Well. God. This is a, you're painting a very complicated picture. Just, I'm just gonna dump it, dump myself in this chocolate fountain over here. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. see me again. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna dive mm-hmm. right in, get carried mm-hmm. away by people uh, who are definitely not enslaved. Now I'm just thinking of Ron DeSantis in the Wonka factory, dunking oh, his no. fingers into the chocolate. <laughs> 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 Willy Wonka's like, Ron, don't do Ron, it. Take, get your fingers out of there. <laughs> now he's the pudding he, oh no not my pudding river don't mm-hmm. do it um but oh you were making a point about how the buckets learn about this happening yeah yeah, yeah. so in the in the gene wilder movie they have a little tv and so you get to just watch the scenes unfold as yeah. the news like covers these events and it's the book it's, it's in a the paper really, right yeah it's in the paper but all the all the Articles in the paper are written in this like <laughs> this extreme of consciousness, like cinema verite <laughs> yeah, style. You're right, you're right. Where you do like nobody condenses any quotes. You just get a full description of the scene in, in every single news article. Yeah. In a way that I didn't I think I was on the second or third kid before I was like, wait, is this supposed to be, is this supposed to be a newspaper article that Mr. Bucket is reading aloud to the family in the house? Because if so, that is, this is wild. <laughs> it's a yeah. wild way to, to write a news article. Yes. And there's like, I guess the, the illustrations that we're getting of these kids are like photos that were taken because the, I think the buckets can see these kids also. Yeah. Yeah. There's photos. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So they're, they're, you know, we know that there are four kids who have gotten golden tickets. There's been a golden ticket in a bunch of Wonka bars. You got to go buy the Wonka bars. Maybe you'll get the golden ticket. And the first four have been in pretty rapid success. Yeah, they do. They um, do. There are... So Charlie gets a couple, like two big opportunities to get yeah. the golden ticket. The first is, is his birthday. His, first yeah. is his birthday chocolate. Yeah. Eh. Doesn't, doesn't happen. Nope. Uh, the second is he doesn't finds... Grandpa Joe have a stash of money or something? Grandpa, Joe... yes. Well, that... okay. So no, there there are three there are three different events then, right? Yes, there are because three. there's the birthday chocolate, and then there's Grandpa Joe's stash, which again, this family's starving to death, and Grandpa Joe's like, yeah, I have money I've been hiding. <laughs> Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity told me to put this money under my mattress, and that's what I did. There's a description of Charlie like walking to school but not running so that he conserves his 
his calories that he uh-huh. has to his like single digit calories that he has to burn during the day because his dad got wa- laid off from the toothpaste factory or whatever. And he just wanders the streets looking for like driveways to plow. Yep. And that's his that's the that's okay. I think the I think the Grandpa Joe bar does not work out. And then the Grandpa one that, Joe bar also doesn't work out. The I don't understand this third one, Andrew. Who is this just serendipitous? This is serendipity, and this I think this I think this happens in the movie too. But he just see, like, sees walking home in the snow, sees this like bit of paper sticking up out of the snow, and it's yeah. and it's a dollar. Yeah, which I don't know what country this is supposed to <laughs> supposed to be <laughs> taking place in, but it's a dollar, and he because his family's been starving to death for weeks. His first thought is, I'm going to take this home and it's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, but he takes it to a store and he sees behind the the shopkeep all the Wonka bars. Yeah. It's like, I have a dollar. A Wonka bar is 10 cents and I'm so hungry. Yeah. I'm going to get a Wonka bar. So he gets a Wonka Fudge Mallow Delight or something. Something some like that. weird yeah. Wonka bar. And he, he scarfs it down. And the shopkeeper's like, hey, you look like you needed that one. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> It's a real NPC energy. Uh-huh. Hey, what are you buying? Wonka bars. <laughs> uh, and then Charlie's like, hey, can I hit me again? He does. He's like, I need, I need another shot. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And he gets his second chocolate bar. And he opens the, he starts to peel the wrapper off. And. There's just this little golden sheen that appears from underneath the wrapper. And Charlie, yeah. our the only good boy, the <laughs> only won, good boy has won the chocolate contest. And we know he's a good boy, not just because he's not one of the other four kids, but, but he because does... he won't take his parents' food when they yes. try to give it to him because he's starving to death. He's selfless. He's a selfless boy. And there's this very chaotic scene where. All of a sudden, people are yelling, yo, we got a ticket, and people are trying to steal it or buy it from him, mm-hmm. and the Candyman's like, yo, kid, get out of here, and... I do like, do kind of like this Candyman. I do like him. This guy's a good guy. He's I mean, he's fat also. Well... But he's the exception that proves the rule. Jesus. <laughs> uh, and so, he goes home, and they're like, whoa, he got the golden ticket, and... Uh, Grandpa Joe's like, great, I'm going with you. Yep. Not your dad. Yep, haven't moved in 20 years, but I'm going to get up for this. <laughs> uh, and then, what? like, the very next day, I get, or, like, because doesn't well, the ticket say a, when it's going to be? A, there's a, the first four kids find the, the tickets in pretty rapid succession, and then there's a big gap while everybody's yeah. searching for this fifth ticket. And your Char- Charlie finds it the day the day before the appointed time. Yes, yes, yes. And so he shows up the next day with Grandpa Joe, probably still looking like a peaked skeleton because that is how the book has described him as uh-huh. he's starving to death. Uh-huh. And they're all going to go on this grand tour of this chocolate factory. Everyone was allowed to bring up to two adults with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of them have brought like their parents or whatever. Um, and he has only brought one grandpa with him. It's never made clear... Which grandparents belong to which parent, and that's partly because oh oh Charlie of Bucket other, of the yeah, buckets none, yeah none of the other uh, characters really matter all that much no I they just don't want, like maybe bring his mom and his and his grandpa I don't maybe know. 
Maybe like because there's probably food there. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like food and like there's in, in like an insulated building. It just in, seems like <laughs> in a bring way, somebody else, bring in, somebody else. In a way, I, I that connects to just my other big like question, my like cinema sins question about this book. Which is like, why doesn't Wonka just cure world hunger? Like, he's got gum that can give you, like, a full three-course meal. But it's not perfected yet, and it turns you into blueberry. Well, fair enough. But he's got the, the jawbreakers that never... That's what that thing is a miracle of physics. That never, yeah, that never, that never disappear. I don't know why you couldn't make, like, a... I don't know, like a... Just an apple. Like a, yeah, like an apple that never... You keep eating it and eating it, and it never it never goes bad, and it never shrinks. Yeah, it's it's a fun thing to ask, because, like, the... Or just like, makes, a, what, like, like an onion that you can just peel and peel and mm. peel, and you never get down to the center of the mm, onion. Interesting. Mm. It might be a metaphor. What uh, are some other good endless foods that you could think of? Uh, endless... Do you ever eat a Little Debbie Swiss cake roll... Oh Is yeah, too close. Yeah, you know how I don't know how you eat them. I peel the like the weird chocolate film off oh, the top. Oh, do of it. you eat that? And then I uncurl it and I eat. <laughs> you <laughs> I do do that. <laughs> I haven't eaten one in like many decades. <laughs> but what about what about one of those? But you just like you could just like keep it just un- keeps un- peeling it and uncurling. Yeah, and it just keeps <laughs> peeling. I mean, isn't a Twinkie sort of like this? Like Twinkies don't. What about a Twinkie that you just squeeze and squeeze and the filling never stops coming out of it? Disgusting. Sign me <laughs> up. But it could, it could cure, cure world, world hunger. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, you just have that's to make the, like a lemon one so people didn't die from scurvy. <laughs> that's the fun of this book is that it's got fairy tale logic. Um, some of the stuff I was reading about Dahl is like, you know, he was raised, his, his parents were from Norway, I think, and so... Some people have talked a lot about kind of his outsider status in in Britain informing a lot of his writing, but also the like stories and folk tales he was brought up on kind of colliding with like Dickens and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I think the the magic of Wonka, which like presents as food science, but is definitely just like whatever the book needs to be fun, mm-hmm. um, is a core part of its appeal. And is also just like fun and silly to think about because yeah, mm-hmm. if he had these powers, he could definitely if he just like maybe let the UN inspectors in and let them see what he was working with to see the candied centrifuges or whatever. Yeah, he could maybe come up with one food that didn't have to taste good. Listen, I can't refine enough. I can't refine cocoa to the point where I could make a bomb. <laughs> Believe me, I can't. I can't. That's what the spies are for. Um, yeah, no, I mean Wonka is, if nothing else, like a hyper capitalist. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Capricious, yep. d- imp- impish, weird man who doesn't think that rules apply to him. Mister Wonka was standing all alone just inside the open gates of the factory, and what an extraordinary little man he was! He had a black top hat on his head. He wore a tailcoat made of a beautiful plum-colored velvet. His trousers were bottle green. His gloves were pearly gray. And in one hand, he carried a fine gold-topped walking cane. Covering his chin, there was a small, neat, pointed black beard. A goatee. Hyphen. A goatee. 
In his eyes, his eyes were most marvelously bright. They seemed to be sparkling and twinkling at you all the time. The whole face, in fact, was alight with fun and laughter. This guy shows up. He's dressed as the Mad Hatter. Yep. Uh (laughs) And we're supposed to follow him into the bowels of his chocolate factory. (laughs) Yeah, you have to. You won the trip. You have Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, But from there, we get, you know, a series of introductions to parts of his factory plus bad things that happen to children. Yeah. Because every every new part of the factory presents new temptations that seem to have been engineered to ensnare the children who have... Maybe the yeah. only reason Charlie doesn't... Maybe Charlie finding the ticket the day before just didn't give Wonka enough time to prepare some horrors for him. Now, and yes, because they do feel a little specific. Yeah. And the Oompa Loompas all have songs pre-written about these kids mm-hmm. in a way that is very disconcerting. They could me. just be really good improvisers. But. They could be. Mm-hmm. But they're like composing epic poems about these kids they're definitely not killing. Some of them, I think the TV one is just like so long. It just keeps going and going. <laughs> it's really long. And <laughs> that's the one that's like movies are great or movies are bad. Books are great. Listen yeah. to our song. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, b- before Augustus Gloop gets glooped, um, we do <laughs> see the Oompa Loompas for the first time, and the, all the kids are like, what are those? And uh, Willy Wonka's like, well... I mean, I took them from their home country, and they work... For they, me. Yeah, for me, for s- Scrip. Yeah. <laughs> for Cocoa Beans. Cocoa Beans Scrip. Uh, but they like it, because the food that they ate in their home country was just mashed up caterpillars. Yeah. And why would they be here? You know? And why would I lie to you? Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't like Willy Wonka. How do you, yeah, how do you feel about Willy Wonka? I don't like him. How do you feel about him? He's so mean and also like irreverent about it. I, he also I, pretends not to hear anybody when oh, they ask him perfectly reasonable questions about... Yes. Mm. Yeah. Maybe part of it I was I was watching the, a clip of the Wilder performance. It's like the very beginning where mm-hmm. he sends them through a door and a bunch of people are like, "What is this room we're stuck in?" and he's like, "Well, I don't know. That's strange." And like it's very compelling to to watch a person be that way, especially And, and Gene Wilder add like he he adds a a a warmth and a humor. Yes. Yes, to it that doesn't necessarily nope. exist in this in in Book Wonka. And I also think the parents, with the maybe the exception of like Veruca Salt's dad, who who clearly does stink because he's also a hypercapitalist robber baron. Um, My TV's dad is like, yeah, this is all great. I'm <laughs> I'm fine with everything that's happening. <laughs> I I've got the vibe from the from the clips of the Wilder. They they take extra pains to make the parents also seem pretty odious, mm-hmm. and I do think that is part of what Dahl is writing about, but it is not as much of what he spends time on. Yeah, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Oompa Loompas like sing about it like once, mm-hmm. but it's not a thing that like in the behavior came across. So like Wonka seems even more devious because he's not like 
constantly fighting like awful parents or anything like that. Wonka does not believe that parents are fundamentally, fundamentally well-intentioned people who are just trying to do the best they can with their yeah. resources for their children. Yeah. And and none and all of these and kids... also he doesn't particularly think that they deserve like explanations <laughs> or apologies when <laughs> their kids get caught up in the machinery and ground up into chunks or whatever whatever happens to them <laughs> you know and and I also Wonka with the exception of Charlie I suppose not that Charlie even needs it I don't think Wonka thinks that kids are redeemable I think he mostly thinks that they need to be got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're gonna grow. Bad children grow up to be bad adults. Yeah, yes, irrefutably. That's you know, it's, of course. So Augustus Gloop get, falls into the chocolate river because he's, he's drinking very greedily, and then yep. he gets sucked up into a tube. Yep. Uh, Veruca Salt. So in the this this is the biggest change from the movie. There are several changes, but this is one of the bigger ones. Yeah, in, in the movie, it's a thing where they're like geese who laid like golden golden eggs. chocolate eggs, and then she falls um, falls down a hole or something. Yeah, she falls down a hole because she wants one of the geese. And in the in in the book, it is there are these squirrels that are un like unwrap. Can- what are they? What do the squirrels do? They're, they're very nuts, right? They're shelling nuts, and they're very good at doing it very quickly. And they will toss the and oh, toss it's bad they, nuts. They can shell a walnut without like breaking it or something. Yes, sure, 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 sure. And so, but if they do break it or if the nut is bad, they toss it down into this pit, um, never to be seen again. And this and Veruca's, is Veruca, in, I like that Veruca's dad briefly <laughs> expresses an interest in like talking shop with Wonka because yeah. this is this is his area of expertise. Oh, you're running a real factory here, huh? You got squirrels and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this a version of this is in the Burton movie. I remember there being evil squirrels, mm-hmm. um, but no, like she gets she she really wants a squirrel, and she goes to try and grab one, and the squirrels attack her. And well, they they like knock her on the head, and she she sounds like a bad nut, so they throw her down the trash suit. Shoot. Yeah, because her head's empty or whatever. Yeah, uh, Violet Beauregard. Uh, there's gum that is a meat like a meal, yeah. and she takes the gum. And she chews the gum, and it turns her into a blueberry at the end. And Wonka, every time, so he Wonk. We'll get to the last one, but Wonka is like, "Don't, don't, children, don't do it. It's not ready, or don't mm-hmm. touch my chocolate river, or yeah, like, don't stop, don't and, do it." But there are plenty of rooms that Wonka doesn't take us into. Mm-hmm. So he is definitely curating an experience, yeah, for these yeah, children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that there are rooms we don't go into. That is part of the fun of the book. Yeah, like, it, it creates the impression of his chocolate factory as an endless yeah. the chocolate factory of leaves that you could <laughs> just get lost in. And yeah, he said there's like there's more room down in the basement than you can even like underground than you mm-hmm. can fathom cuz mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to build up, I guess. I do like that there's a room uh for all the whips because how would you whip cream without without whips? Yeah. Fifty mm-hmm. Shades of Wonka, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what the what happens to Mike? The Mike TV room. What is going on this, in the Mike this TV room? This actually makes me really upset because it is presented at okay, okay, and this is <laughs> faithfully depicted in a Gene Wilder movie. So if you've seen it, I think this is actually a pretty good thing. Is the Oompa Loompas bringing this giant, giant bar of chocolate? Yeah, and Willy Wonka with his. <laughs> 
his in-depth knowledge of how television works, says, okay, you point this magic camera at the big chocolate bar, and then it appears as a small chocolate bar on the, your TV screen, and you reach out and you grab it. And this is, it's it's presented as as a, there's just, I have so many logistical <laughs> issues with this. It's like, one... It's presented as as though you're destroying matter when you convert this big chocolate bar into a little chocolate bar. A little bit, yeah. But if you're converting a big chocolate bar into a little chocolate bar that appears on like millions of televisions at once, I do think you are you end up creating matter instead of destroying it. That is a question that the book does not wrestle with is that is it being broadcast to multiple TVs? The t- in, in the test version it's only being yeah, broadcast just to, to one. one. So we don't, unfortunately, don't end up with like a million tiny mic TVs after this. Happens. Thankfully. Um, but he wants to be on TV because he loves TV so much. Oh, and also the other thing is that Willy Wonka, I guess, doesn't know about zoom lenses. So he doesn't know how to like <laughs> use, uh, use the camera technology to make a regular sized chocolate bar appear yeah. large. Nope. I yeah. guess this is 1964. Is probably before they invented like zoom lenses. They definitely had never zoomed anything ever before. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and so Mike TV goes in front of the camera, and Will- Willy Wonka's like, "No, stop!" And yeah. he gets in the he gets TV beamed to the yeah, and he's like into it. Oh he's yeah, like, he's he likes it, and and Mike TV's dad is pretty chill about the whole thing. Yeah, also. And then he's very little, and so they put him in his pocket, and mm. they're like, okay. And at each time this happens, when they're like, oh, no, what did you do to my child? Wonka's like, it'll be, we'll, we'll fix him. Yeah, he'll show up at the end, or you know, we'll take Violet, and we'll squeeze all the juice out of her. So she'll be fine, but she'll probably still be like purple or whatever. That's a, that's another thing. Is that so? At the at the end, you get that scene where you see all the kids again. Just not like, in the movie because because not in, not in the movie, but in the book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is what we read because it's a book podcast. No, I, I was saying they they did not include this particular horror in the movie. I just feel like the same. Maybe the same editor who kept Doll from making Charlie a Chocolate <laughs> Boy was also like, you've got to do a scene. Where it's super, super clear that none of the kids died in the chocolate factory. Yeah, you should probably put that in at the end. And my favorite thing about it is that all of the children are drastically physically changed. Augustus Gloop is like super skinny now because he's too, like he got sucked into a tube and now he's like tube shaped. Yep. And Violet Beauregard has been juiced. So she's like regular child size, but she's all blue and purple now. And Mike TV is super, super tall he's like a slender man now because they pulled <laughs> they him on the taffy stretching machine but they did it too much and then veruca salt is just covered in garbage just garbage just regular garbage because that's where all the nuts went to the garbage and they're no thick they're probably not running the incinerator today he probably says. not it's so. just, i just always thought it was funny that all these kids have the, this like body horror that happens to them and then veruca salt is just covered in garbage it's just covered in trash yeah that happens. We see those kids um, after the final test, quote unquote, which is not even a test. I think there's like, right, you mentioned this. There are like actual tests or there's like ways that Charlie proves his worth to Wonka in the film. In the yeah. book, it's just 
Wonka's like, how many kids are left? Oh, you. Wonderful. Great. You win. I want to retire someday, and I need someone to care for the people I've enslaved in my factory. Mm-hmm. You must be a good child because you're still alive. Mm-hmm. Let's get in my magic elevator, please. Yeah, in the in the book, it's like you didn't subs- you didn't succumb to any of the temptations, temptations yes. in, in my garden of delights. <laughs> so you get to run my chocolate factory. And in the movie, it's a little bit more uh, Byzantine. It's like this this yeah. guy, this like Slugworth guy, is hounding Charlie through the whole thing, trying to like get him to commit to stealing Wonka secrets. Yes, yes. And when Charlie doesn't steal the Wonka secrets, then Wonka's like, you, I can trust you. You're in. Because there's that whole scene where Gene Wilder yells at Charlie Bucket. It's like, you lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Gene Wilder's very good. Yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. Um, the, the fizzy burp room is not in the book. It's it is mentioned. In the, it's in yeah. It's mentioned in the book, but there's not a, the sequence doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no. So they go in the they go in the glass elevator. Uh, they fly through the ceiling and crash into the bucket's home. Yeah, destroying it. Yeah, so they can't it. live there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Charlie, you're gonna you're gonna come live at the factory. I'm gonna groom you to run the factory. And now I'm I'm. Bringing your entire family into the same indentured servitude yeah. that uh-huh. the Oompa Loompa serve in. Yeah, Isn't this wonderful? It's great. It solves everyone's problems. Mm-hmm. Also, don't worry about all of the kids who've been transformed for the rest of their lives. They're going to they have free die. candy forever. Yeah, they have free candy forever and they didn't die. So what do you want from me? Yep. I'm Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it ends. That's how it ends. Until you read Charlie in the Great Glass well, Elevator. Yeah. They don't follow up on any of the other kids in Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. <laughs> so, like, as a book, f- as a book for kids, this is a book where a sadistic man tortures children in his factory for fun. For fun, and then one kid it doesn't happen to. I just and, it can't it can't be a publicly traded company because I don't no. think any and I just I don't I don't know any board of directors that nope. would support this as a succession plan. It's like nope. I'm I'm going to entrap several children and the one that I deem worthy is the one who will run the factory. Well, yeah, four absence. four kids will be flung into my candy making machines and one kid will be flung into the grinding machine of capitalism. Mhm. Yeah. So uh it's fine. Um it's a book about kids being mean and adults being mean and one of the adults is a guy I guess that we have to be fine with. Willy Wonka? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happens to him. Willy Wonka's at least as big a jerk as any of the parents of the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like him. He's not great. He enslaved the Oompa Loompas. the, The specificity of the descriptions in the chapters where the family is starving to death. Yeah struck me this read mm-hmm. because I, I 
I'm sure I remember reading that as a, as a kid, but I, I was not thinking through any of the implications of that. I think, yep. I, I think I was, my brain was more thinking about, it's going to be fine. He's going to get to the chocolate factory. And he's going to be fine. So it doesn't matter if he's starving to death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my brain now is like the, the societal conditions that created <laughs> pretty bad. This reality suck. Yeah. Pretty bad. I, I get like, I don't know. I get why it's fun to read, especially if you're a kid. This is fun to read. Because a lot of outlandish stuff happens. Some bad things happen to bad people, and that can be fun to read. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got a magic quality that is n- that never explains itself, so it allows it to always kind of be a little surprising and a little clever. It's always like, oh, oh that is an interesting thing that would happen in the room with all the nuts, or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, that is, I think, part of its appeal. But, yeah, he is a monster. There was one. Did joke. you know that Quaker Oats financed the movie? I didn't know that. What was the, What was the, What was their rationale? The, guy, the, the director of the film approached his buddy, this, some guy named David Wolper, who was a producer or some mogul or something, and he was already talking to Quaker Oats about launching a candy bar. So he convinced them to like get in on the financing so that then they could start selling the Wonka bar. Mm-hmm. So that, cause they knew that like if they had this movie come out, then they could release the chocolate bar and people would know what they were talking about. One joke that I didn't get when I was a kid that I did. Oh, okay. That I did like a lot this time is there. So they're in that sequence where they're like on the boat and they're passing all the rooms Mm-hmm. And we just get we just like see what's on the door and we pass them by. So we get to make a bunch of jokes and learn a bunch more about the factory without having to spend a bunch of time like yeah. killing, chil- killing children or whatever. Whatever. Uh, there's one room, butterscotch and butter gin. It said on the next door they passed. Now that sounds a bit more interesting," said Mister Salt, Veruca's father. "Glorious stuff," said Mister Wonka. "The Oompa Loompas all adore it. It makes them tiddly. Listen, you can hear them in there now, whooping it up." Shrieks of laughter and snatches of singing could be heard coming through the closed door. They're drunk as lords, said Mr. Wonka. They're drinking butterscotch and soda. They like that best of all. Butter gin and tonic is also very popular. That one's for the adults. I didn't know what liquor was when I was a child. Oh, not at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And now I do know what liquor is. So it's funny. Those are funny jokes to me. (laughs) This This is comedy to me. Yeah, so that's the that's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, Doll was involved in the first screenplay. He has the screenplay credit for the film, but he disowned it when they made a bunch of changes. Yeah, it was it was rewritten. Um, David the, Seltzer. The, yeah. Yes, the rewrite was was uncredited, but David Seltzer did it. Um, and I think what, um, among his complaints about the rewrite was that it focused more on Wonka than on Charlie. Well, it's in the title, yeah, yeah, it is in the title, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which makes sense, I guess. But it also I mean, explains why Wonka. Just, what, if you're just thinking about like characters that are going to loom large in the public imagination, is like impoverished child or impish, <laughs> mischievous chocolate chocolate elf. 
Well, and Charlie, as written, doesn't do a lot either. No, he really just... The main character trait of Charlie is that he is not impulsive enough to be destroyed by the trials that yeah. Willy Wonka has created for all the children. To, Correct. He does, he does not dissolve in the crucible of the horrors that <laughs> Willy Wonka has created for all the other kids to <laughs> experience. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of this one, Andrew. Yeah. Cause now I know, I now I know what's going on in that factory. They wouldn't mm, let me inside. You before. know, someone, you know, someone that's going on. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't know everything. There mm-hmm. are doors we didn't go through. Maybe next God, time. Man, this, this is basically a factory. This is basically how they make iPhones. I think. <sighs> yeah. Are there Oompa Loompas there? That. I mean, it if, if, depends on what you'd call them, I guess. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, all right. Thanks for uh, talking about this book with me, Andrew. You're welcome. Um, we got to stay chocolate. current, you know. Yeah. Talking like about the, like the like the like the chocolate river, which yes. also has has a current and a, and a child in it. Um, mm. Well, no, he got sucked up into the into, yeah. into after the ruining tubes. all the chocolate. Um, don't yeah, get... it's not. It's why you think <laughs> Willy Wonka kills kids in his factory all the time. You think he's gonna throw out a whole batch of chocolate river just because a kid was swimming in it for a second There is never a like soylent green moment in this book where like the the suffering of children is what makes the chocolate taste good like that's (laughs) it's it's implied but it's never explicitly shown part of the text (laughs) um send us in uh stories about your favorite candy overduepod at gmail.com um hit us up on social media at overduepod Thanks to folks reaching out in the past week. Starfish Chick, The Monster Jam, Karen, Jordan, Nathan, Ryan, Silas, Steffi. Appreciate it. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larangis. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? Overduepodcast.com. Is there an internet, web, internet website? Internet website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up there we have links to the books that we have read and the ones we are going to read. Uh, we have our schedule for the month up there. We're going to be publishing our May schedule pretty soon because guess what? It's going to be May. It's going to be May. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> uh, we also have a link up there to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash overdue pod. Support us financially. Get access to our Discord community. See bonus episode recordings. Yeah, we, we stream those. It's always fun. Get uh, access to our long read projects a little bit early. We're currently reading through Neil Gaiman's The Sandman series. Yep. Uh, our episode about book five. Yes. We are the one we are recording like yes. tomorrow. Yeah. Is yeah. going to go up pretty soon. Yeah. So go listen to that. Yeah. That's um, halfway point, oh, baby. And we are recording later this week our episode on the novelization of Super Mario Brothers. That will be a bonus episode. So mm-hmm. if you want to join us for that recording. Unless it's not the movie that just came out. Nope. The movie that came out in 1993. Cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to read the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's full colored photos from the movie in there. Yep. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Uh, is there anything else? We good? No. What are we, what, what's happening next week? Next yes. week, beginning of May, it's Children's Book Week. So we're going to be talking about Sandra Boynton. Boynton. We, there's, she, wrote, she writes a lot of books, and they're all very short. So we're going to celebrate 
Children's Book Week by just talking about... By talking about a bunch of them. The ones that our children like and have liked. Yeah, it's very Henry's a little old for Xander Boynton now because he's three and a half. He prefers to read the (laughs) the Thomas and Friends Big Book of Engines over and over again. (laughs) He loves those trains. He loves those trains. Yeah. Simon is just getting to an age now where he will just like... If he's not trying to eat the book... He will just sit and let you read it to him. That's and he nice. gets and sometimes he will talk talk, quote unquote. He will just kind of yell through it, um, in a way that you have to read louder than him. I think but, Henry wasn't much older than Simon is when he would start like actually turning pages, which was fun. Yes. He yes. wouldn't he wouldn't engage in any other part of the book reading <laughs> experience, but he would turn the pages. <laughs> Sometimes it looks like Simon's trying to turn the page, but he's really just trying to get the book in his mouth. So Henry used to just say no when he didn't want to do something. Mm. But now he's, he lately started getting a little more specific. And so About- if you <laughs> ask him to tell you something and he doesn't want to he'll say, don't want to say that. Well, don't want to say that. Talk about it later. <laughs> Talk about it later. <laughs> Henry's the best. Ugh. All right, everybody. Until we talk to you next time, don't uh, accept any invitations to tour any chocolate factories. They're all like this. Mm. And until we talk to you next time, please try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.